This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There's no such thing as a coincidence. Case in point, Stephen Quinn returns, Mansfield Town find their form again. It may well have been just a draw against Port Vale in midweek, extending the run without victory further, but against a very good footballing outfit, Clough's men kept former stag Daryl Clark's side quiet, dominating large periods and were perhaps unlucky not to take victory in the end. Fighting through an electric, intense atmosphere at times to vastly improve is one thing, but looks can be deceiving. We've been bitten by this bug before. Can the Stags maintain their improvement as they make the long journey to Exeter on Saturday, looking to put three overdue points on board? We talked about this influence where players look around and they see who's out there with them before they go out and then again when they're out there on the pitch and uh, a huge influence as we get the players back and I've just seen Perch in the corridor as well another huge influence that we're going to be missing I know we wouldn't be in a position we're in uh, if those two had been on the pitch in the last six or seven games Coming up in tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll look back at Port Vale, delve into improvements, discuss player movements, preview Saturday's trek to Devon and much, much more in between. So as always, come and have your say on your team in the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters.
Good evening and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. It was a relieving feeling on Tuesday evening as the Stags came from a goal behind to uh, get a point on the board against uh, a promotion chasing Port Vale side who started the season very, very well indeed. It is, though, no coincidence that Stephen Quinn returned and all of a sudden the Stags upped their game. But can they maintain it going into Saturday's long trip uh, to Exeter? We will wait and see. Joining me tonight to reflect on that Port Vale game, look ahead to Exeter and answer all comments, questions and much, much more in between. From the other side of Mansfield, it's Mr Nathan Edge. Good evening. Evening. And the man who was having a little coughing fit before then. It's definitely not COVID, Clive, is it? Because we, we travel together on Saturday. Clive Barkin, how are you? Hello, and I'm fit and well, thank you. There you go. Fit and well as always. And Clive, a lot better after Tuesday night because it was a performance which we needed. Um, it didn't, you know, it felt a little bit frustrating at half time with everything that was going off. But in the end, as we were walking out of the One Course Stadium, there was a feeling, an underlying feeling, I guess, of relief. Yeah, it's lovely to be able to reflect on a game where it's obvious that the team were working harder together for all the right reasons. And, uh, you know, on another day, we'd have, we'd have beat them off the ground. Um, but I'm, I was happy with the outcome. If we'd have uh, head of the game, if we'd have said bottom, more or less bottom of the league, playing more or less top of the league, one team in good form, one team in no form, you wouldn't have expected anything from the game. So to come away with a 1-1 draw, I thought was uh, fine. As always, want you guys to, to get involved and have your say on your team. Let us know uh, what you thought of the game in the comments. Now, Roger says evening. Uh, Chet says evening. Jamie um, says evening, lads, from a cold filing. How was the game? Would you have Hawkins at the back for the rest of the season and get another strike in? We'll come on to that in just a minute. Let's touch upon the game for a second, though, Nathan, because um, it was... I wondered after Saturday at Northampton whether there'd be... Uh, a little bit of toxicity in the air um, at the One Course Stadium. But credit to the fans, despite a little period at the end of the first half where things were starting to go a little bit um, awry, for the main part, it was largely positive and added to an electric atmosphere in the air and an electric game which was being played out in front of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I was, I was actually anticipating it to be probably be a little bit worse than that, especially after Port Vale took the lead. But I think the reason why it wasn't is, although I still think there was some frustration amongst the supporters, I think the reason why we didn't see it turn toxic, uh, you know, in the, in the way that we probably anticipated is because the performance was much better. You could see a lot more endeavour from the players. You could see the effort and the, um, you know, the willingness to you know, to get to the ball and, you know, and, and to, to, to do the right things. I think that was there, which wasn't there on on Saturday and I think because of that the players the fans got behind the players a bit more um, and I think as the game went on I think the more and more we um, sort of you know got got amongst them our confidence got a bit better and you could see us getting better and I think you could see a goal was coming so um, you know I think for, for that reason you've got to give a lot of praise to the players for, for how they reacted because you could have you could have you know I was like expecting them to maybe continue in the same vein really so I'm, I'm relieved to see that not happen one thing which was pleasing for me, Clive, was Nigel Clough's reaction to the goal. We've accused him a little bit sometimes on this podcast of not necessarily um, recognising the fans. Certainly didn't do so at Northampton on Saturday where we took over a thousand. Didn't come and applaud, didn't recognise us um, in his post-match comments uh, either. 
but his reaction to the goal was the passion which we've needed. We want to see a lot more of that from Nigel Clough because if you can see as a player and as a supporter that your manager is bursting with passion and, and trying to ooze that out, it's going to spread onto the pitch and it's going to spread into the sands. Yeah, I just think it's good politics anyway. Um, he's representing the club at the higher level and he should recognise above anybody the role that the fans play. And it costs nothing, absolutely nothing, to go over at the end of the game and applaud, either in commiseration or, or in jubilation. Um, I think he threw, a, from what I understand, I think he threw a bit of a sulk at uh, Northampton. Mm. It, probably not for the first time this season. Yeah, probably definitely not for the first time this season. You could certainly hear it in his uh, post-match comments uh, there. But uh, the smile on his face and the tone after the game in his comments, Nath, we'll hear a little bit from them later on, but we're certainly um, in, encouraging. And I think, you know, it can go one or two ways, can't it? You know, when you're in a run like we have been on, um, it, you can go down that rabbit hole of, of being negative and, and, you know, starting to fight with each other and argue with each other. But for whatever reason, you know, the tactic of, you know, telling them to go out there and put it right did work. They, they, was, they seemed riled up. They seemed like they wanted to get it stuck in. They seemed like they wanted to fight for the shirt a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, after the game, well, on the on the Sunday sermon after Northampton, we were we were saying about how Clough had come out and the comments he was saying, there wasn't much there for us as fans to be inspired about. There wasn't, say, there was, he didn't say, you know, okay, this has happened, I acknowledge this, but this is what we're going to do about it. It was just very, very negative and uh, very downbeat. However, that for some reason somehow flipped a little bit midweek. You, you got a bit more positivity from him in the sense that, you know, he seemed a bit more sort of direct and saying, uh, you know, how we're going to put this right and things. Say, basically, there's a hope saying it is going to get better. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that, that rubs off on the players a little bit more as well. And, and, and we got that. A bit more, you know, a lot, well, a lot more positive performance on on Saturday. If you if you're positive in your mind and you you start to believe a little bit more, you're going to be more positive on the pitch. So it's that's what we want to see more of. Keep your comments coming in. Mark says, "Evening, chaps. Thought it was a much better performance on Tuesday, especially the second half. We looked like we really wanted it and took the game by the scruff of the neck. It was back to the wall for Port Vale. We need to keep that level of performance on Saturday and not revert to type." Um, yeah, we do need to keep that energy going, Clive, and I think that's a, a big thing for me. We'll talk about Stephen Quinn and, and probably Ollie Hawkins a, a little bit later on, but as a collective, there did seem to be more energy there, and we saw it at the start of the season, you know, when we were playing well and we were getting the results, that, that energy was there, and you know, hopefully, if we can bring one more body back into the side on Saturday, that of George Maris, hopefully, you know, he's given the all clear to travel and, and play. I think that will lift us again because you were sort of watching that at, at times and sort of thinking, if we had Maris on the ball here, I think that'd be the, the final little uh, nudging the lock to, to bust the door open. Well, then you're right. Daryl's fit for Saturday, isn't he? Uh, yes, uh, George Maris should be fit, fit for Saturday, yeah depending we'll on what he gets. Yeah. We'll see, because there should be further progression based on that. I think what was interesting is Darrell Clark's uh, comments, because he was dispassionately in praise of Mansfield, and, and he was saying that we are going to be uh, a top third finishers. In fact, he, if I think it was a slip of the tongue, he thought we were going to be in the top seven. But we um, we clearly are a better team than our, than our league position has suggested. 
Um, and we've talked long and hard about the misfortune that the club has got, but I'm beginning to see some some return to normality now. I thought Lapsley had his best game this season on Tuesday night, and if we'd have had Maris behind him, it would have been even better, I think. Uh, and, and I think one of the, I think it was uh, Jamie Henson asked, should we keep Hawkins at the back? And, and if we get the chance to recruit another striker, um, I'd certainly keep Hawkins at the back at the moment because he's the best central defender we've got until uh, and if Forrester shows. Because if Forrester can do the job, then that relieves that little bit of pressure there. Yeah, it does. So- I, I think one thing for me on that is, um, I've sort of likened it to this. We, we've got two ways of doing things. The, the big question is, do we really need Ollie Hawkins up front? And some would argue yes, because we need a goal. But we put him back up there against Northampton. He didn't get the service. And we started being leaky again at the back. For me, we know we've got James Perch out. We know James Perch is a leader. And the closest person to being a leader and having that calm, experienced head at the back is clearly, clearly... Um, Ollie Hawkins, we haven't conceded a goal from open play whilst Hawkins has played centre-back. You can't count Northampton because he played up front. And then the other two goals we've conceded whilst he's been there are a penalty and a set-piece free kick, which nobody could have done anything about. For me, I think it's it's a question. I think you're right in some respects, Clive, of um, having a look at you know when Forrest is available. But if we can be solidified in having the stable back four with Hawkins um, in there, I think we've got enough attacking players in our squad to not need him up top. Let's leave him at the back until January and then identify a centre-back. We've had, what is it, from end of August, September, October, November, December, four months, a four-month time period to identify, negotiate and purchase a centre-back. And I think we need to be leaving Hawkins back there until that point. Because for me, that's our best chance of being tight and being able to play the fluid way we played on Tuesday night. I think you're right. And of course, every time we get an opportunity for a, a set piece up in their half, in their third, we've yeah. got the opportunity yeah. to wheel him forward. Um, and realistically, we he ought to be uh, preeminent in the air. Um, my concerns around uh, uh, around the strike force are the same as everybody else on the terraces. I think we've not seen anything from Danny yet. Mm. Um, now you could argue, and I think it's fair to, that he's not been in a position where he's had any real service. So what do we do? Do we do we pair him up now with uh, Oates um, as a paired strike force and give him that chance, especially with a more uh, goal and hit the bell if you want solidified midfield. Um, because, you know, with Maris coming in and, and uh, that should free up uh, Lapsley to be even more adventurous, that might be the right format. Uh, what you do with Bowery is a big question. Um, but, I, I, yes, on balance, keep him at the back because he's more valuable to us at the moment as a stopper rather than a getter. Talking of Danny Johnson, uh, Richard in the comments says, the only concern for me at the moment is DJ and the only why I have is uh, why Hewitt is is before Clark. Uh, Clough did sort of clear that up a little bit um, saying that uh, he felt Clark had a poor game at Northampton. Um, I disagree with that, but uh, I think we've all got our opinions on James Clark and I don't think any of us share, share it with Nigel Clough, um, um, unfortunately, and he's the man who picks the team. But the, the point, Nathan, is... Um, Danny Johnson obviously hasn't found his, his feet yet and does need to do so. 
But for me, I think you, you've more got to highlight and nail down where Reese Oates' position is because I think he's an excellent wide man, but I also don't think we need him out there. I actually felt on, on Tuesday night he showed what he could do through the middle. He's got electric pace. If we can get balls in behind from the likes of Quinn, Maris, Lapsley, Charles Lee, I think he can really you know do some damage to defenders. And it showed because he won a spot kick, albeit we missed it, but also had a number of chances to shoot. I think he's just got to have that game time and settle on his position because once he gets settled for me, Nath, we will start to see a lot more from him and buy a lot more from him. I mean, goals. Yeah, I agree. He had a, he had a much better game on uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, I don't think it's... I think the more we get the likes of, of Maris back in and, and, and obviously with the return of Quinn, um, it seems you two have had plenty of the bell action tonight. I think I'm going to have one now. So I think we've been more galvanised a little bit since Quinn's come back in. Thank you very much. I knew you were going to say that one as well. Yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew I had, that was the one you were going to go for. You've had the other two, so I had to get one in. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, too, I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to recommend a ban on these words now, please. Nope. Nope. You're outvoted. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, I think with, with these players coming back in, that, that service is going to slowly start creeping back. You know, It hasn't been there, but as those better players, especially Quinks, I think that also frees up McLaughlin a bit more as well because mm. he's, he, he's gone a bit me- missing in the last few games. I still think he's been he's been steady. He's, he's, done, he's done more of a defensive work, but I think going forward, Quinn having Quinn there, he, I think he's more confident to venture further forward. I think he knows... I think he's got more trust in Quinn to to drop back and fill in and read the game better. So you've got more service coming. Uh, so for the likes of, of Oates, and I hope Danny, Danny Johnson will, will improve, but I think he got a lot of service at the start of the season and didn't provide then either. So um, you know, hopefully his fortune will, will change. But for now, I, I think Oates, Bowery, and, and, and even Lapsley, with his form improving game by game as well recently, we probably have got enough going forward. So I'm, I'm with you. I'd, I'd stick, keep with Hawkins back there. Maybe when Kel Gordon comes back and, you know, inevitably he will go back to right back. So then it's how, how is Hewitt doing? Is he is he then trusted enough bench. to go back to centre-back? There's, there's, there's things there, isn't there? To look bench. At, but, um, bench. <laughs> what, Hewitt or Gordon? Uh, Hewitt, obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, yeah, he probably would go to the bench and you stick with Hawkins. But... It's all. I think to me the biggest question is what those players are going to be doing at, at the top as well, and that's the dilemma we've got because you need at the moment we need two Hawkins and we haven't got them, so it's it's about seeing it out till January, isn't it, and see what we can get. Yeah, I very much look forward to to ranting when we don't sign a, a defender on January the first, having had four <laughs> months to identify and sign one. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Rogers asked after the welfare of Cam, saying, "Where's Cam?" Um, he's he's doing the the Holly dad duty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's watching Holly Oaks with the baby. No, he's not. He is uh, working tonight, so can't be with us, unfortunately. But said he should be with us um, on Sunday. But uh, I'm doubting whether I'll be awake for that one after the long trek uh, to and from Exeter. Um, on Saturday. Uh, let's move back to last night. Uh, Rick says, uh, hi guys, it was a better performance Tuesday night. Hopefully we can play more like this week in, uh, week out. Mark says, on the fans, uh, I have to say I thought our fans were absolutely superb throughout the game, but the way the, uh, they applaud the team off at the end was something else. Hopefully the players recognise that and realise that as long as the fans can see the team uh, put in effort and actually show some fight on the pitch, that's all we need to see um, to be happy. Uh, Roger says, a lot better display in general. Um, give Jason Law a go. But somehow I think he's got very... Um, uh, just gone off my uh, 
just got off my screen. Where is it? Because uh, we had a new comment come in then, and it's just thrown, complete, thrown me off, and my mouse has gone. Where was I? Uh, yeah, Roger said uh, he's got a very little chance. Uh, I see the Stags climb the table, but not in the playoffs. There's still some room for improvement up front and a big question mark in scoring goals still. Uh, and Alex has said, uh, once players have found their position and place in club system and we have the players in around January time, I think we'll actually eventually click. A positive performance on Tuesday, but it was against a poor Port Vale side who only troubled from two free kicks. We need to play with that intensity every game or be back to where we was uh, a few weeks ago. Um, absolutely. Uh, thanks for getting in touch. Keep your comments coming in and let us know uh, your thoughts on uh, on Tuesday's game. And of course, little look ahead to extra as well. We'll hear from Nigel Clough in just a minute, but let's round things off um, from Tuesday night um, with this comment from Richard, say, who says, I think we need to give praise to Rawson and Bowery as they are the normal scapegoats because Bowery has worked Bowery has work rate, uh, which is unquestionable. Um, what did you make of the two uh, performances, Clive, um, from Rawson and Barry? Let's start with Rawson, because again, this is another little uh, nod towards Ollie Hawkins. I actually think when he's got Ollie Hawkins um, alongside him, his game actually raises, you know, 25%. I think they read each other very, very well indeed, and they've got the makings of a good partnership there. I agree, but I think Rawson was also playing better anyway uh, than the very early part of the season. And he was a scapegoat earlier on. There's no question about that, especially on the bouncing ball incident. But we, um, he, he's the right man alongside Hawkins or Perch. He, he, he certainly is the strongest of the pair when he's alongside Hewitt. And I think it's better that he shouldn't be left like that. Um, but we've not seen any real errors from him for the last three or four games. I, sorry, I wasn't at, at uh, down at Sixfield, so I can't come and comment on that. But I think we've seen a distinct improvement and consolidation of form from from him. Going on to Bowery, he's a bit lost. I mean, he's a, his work rate's undeniable. Um, although I think he lacks menace. He's a big bloke and he ought to be frightening people more than he does. But... His work rate on Tuesday night was undeniable, um, but it's not always seen. And, you know, people ask, what is, was he a waste of a shirt? Well, I don't know is the only answer to the question. I didn't think so because he actually uh, was involved in, in, uh, in the goal. But uh, I don't, I've never thought he's comfortable playing where he is. Yeah, I think that's a big concern, actually, Nath, because um, you look at where his sort of position has been but Nigel Clough seems reluctant to to go back to the 4-3-3, which Bowery had such success with last year and tends to opt for a 4-4-2 diamond or a flat 4-4-2. And at Northampton on Saturday, and we mentioned it on Sunday in the sermon, he was playing left midfield. And sort of again, you know, last night he sort of played more of a, not last night, sorry, on Tuesday night, he's had much more of a, a central role where he was obviously being asked to, to do the, the Hawkins job, but like Clive says, he does sort of lack that physicality. But his work rate is unquestionable. What you want to do really is get his work rate, but then with the aerial ability of Ollie Hawkins, we need like a hybrid. I mean, it is Halloween soon, so feel free to make a Halloween dad joke, which I know you're thinking of. No, I'll, I'll save that for for close to the time. You can't can't go and throw them all out now. It'll be that'll ruin it, won't it? But um, it's um. I think I agree with a little bit what Clive said there. A lot of it isn't isn't noticed, which um, and which is part of the problem why he probably gets so much criticism. Um, 
he, he was poor on on Saturday. I don't think, but but so was everybody on Saturday. There's no getting by that. But you, and then he kind of carried on that form, didn't he, into the first sort of half of the Port Vale game. But then the second half, yeah. he was a much much better player, and he was kind of the player that we needed, a, somebody strong enough to keep the ball and and move forward with it. And he just started doing that. And I feel like like going back to last season, the the point where Jordan Barry, um, you know, for, for a while he was the best player for for a good few good couple of months and that was because he just something happened something clicked and he got a bit of confidence and i think he's one of those players that i just think needs a bit to get going and hopefully because now he's getting a run in the team uh we might start seeing that from a little bit more but it but it will depend on where he's being played i think if he's going to push that onto left midfield then we might as well forget about it we, we might as well put somebody else out there because i don't think that's going to quite work out for him but i still think he's He's, he's, he's the moment he's earning his place in the team. I don't, you know, I don't think he's being that poor. He's he's not worth a shirt, like some some people might say. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem is, you know, you see striker and you expect goals, goals and I think it doesn't always happen. And if you're not touching the ball as a striker every time the ball goes forward and, and creating a chance from it, I think people do well, look at it as lazy and ineffective. Next best thing to a goal is, is an assist, and that's what yeah. he got on, on, on Tuesday night. So yeah. for, for for that, you got to give him credit. Yeah, and I think he perhaps only didn't take the penalty actually because he missed um, the previous one. And judging by Clough's comments in his full interview, um, we we looked like that we're going for uh, a bit bit of an order at the minute. Obviously, Danny Johnson's the main nominated penalty taker, but wasn't on the pitch. Jordan Bowery then seemed second, but he missed at Harrogate. Therefore, it goes to somebody else, uh, which was Ollie Hawkins. He was going to take the one at Northampton, took the one in the first half, um, which was. Well read and well saved, although the run-up was a little bit questionable. Uh, and if we get one on sa- on Saturday at Exeter Bishop. and Johnson's not on the pitch, yeah, Nathan Bishop's coming up to take it, clearly. <laughs> so uh, there will be someone else taking it. So uh, If it's any consolation, that penalty that was missed was never a penalty, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it, it balanced itself <laughs> out, didn't it? Because we definitely had a call in the second half, which was a penalty. That was and definitely the, the one, a penalty, yeah. The one in the first wasn't a penalty. But uh, that's, that's by the by in football. You've got to take these chances. But it, it did actually typify the way Mansfield's look was in, in the first half. And I think, do you know what? I actually genuinely think, had we been given the penalty in the second half, regardless of who would have taken it, whether it was, you know, uh, Hawkins again, whether it was James Clark, whether it was Nathan Bishop, whoever, it had gone into the back of the net and John Radford would have been paying for a new roof for the one call because anything in that second half felt like it was coming to us. I mean, we lost a goal purely from a, a spectacularly taken free kick. If you Which, by the way, can I just add to that, just to balance it out? Yes, it was spectacularly taken, well taken, but an idiotic foul by... You, know, you stole uh, my words. I mean, yeah. that, that was our mistake. You know, the mistake yeah. was to commit a foul on the edge of the box. Mm. Um, and So, on the one hand, we can say we've not conceded a goal from open play, but we've actually created the conditions for, a, uh, a, a, for an opposing team to score from a free kick. Having said all that, I mean, we weren't making that many mistakes on Tuesday night. You know, thinking back a few weeks, there was a mistake all over the field, uh, resulting more often not in yellow cards and, and as we know, red cards. We, we mm. seem to have got a cut, team calmed down a little bit. You know, we've loosened the spring somewhat. And the bellwether of that is, is always going to be the mad Irishman, isn't it? If uh, if he can get through without a card, then that's that's pretty good. And I was, I'm pleased, like... I was pleased to see that his application was all very good. And, and it was no mistake that all our best work was coming down the left-hand side either. 
I'd yeah. like to point out, Mr. Stephen Quinn, that it's Clive Parkin who is calling you the Mad Irishman and not me and Nathan. So please don't come <laughs> after us. Uh, last comment before we hear from Nigel Clough uh, from uh, Russ says, hopefully Clough will stop mentioning um, the loss of Perch in every interview. We need to move on from his massive loss and tell us he's identified replacements because I fear Perch's career is over now. Given his age and contract length, if Hawkins stays, uh, is to stay in the back line, we need to bring in a goal scorer in January too. We'd love to see a winger system too, but we have no CJ or cordon type wingers. Uh, onwards and upwards, Cluffy, no looking back. Well, let's see if Nigel Clough does mention James Perch as he gives his reaction to Tuesday night's one-all draw with uh, Port Vale. Here he is speaking to I follow Stags. That's the best we've played uh, for a good few weeks now. Uh, no uh, coincidence, Stephen Quinn's back in the team. We're getting a couple of players back. Uh, but I think Saturday, quite rightly, our desire was questioned uh, with the performance. Uh, but you saw tonight a hunger and a desire uh, to try and get three points from the first to the last. Uh, and I believe in, we, we scored, we missed a penalty. This penalty we didn't get given in the second half is quite incredible. It's an, again, it's a game-defining uh, error by the referee, which we're on the wrong end of. Well, we pointed out a few things, obviously, from Saturday. Uh, and if you've got anything about you as a professional in any, uh, in any area uh, of work and somebody questions your commitment, then that gets you a little bit riled up. And uh, you saw, I think you saw that tonight. Uh, and the fact that the crowd, we talked about them, we've not won for, I don't know, 10 games. It seems like about 100 games, honestly. Uh, but they gave us a standing ovation going off tonight. Uh, and we just said to the players, that's all they want to see. And they'll take us not winning uh, because they know we deserve to, providing we provide that sort of performance, that sort of commitment, endeavour, all those sorts of things. That's all we ask of them. And we'll win some, we'll, hopefully soon, we'll lose some, we'll draw some. That's all we ask. We, we talked about this influence where players look around and they see who's out there with them uh, before they go out. Uh, and then again, when they're out there on the pitch, and, uh, a huge influence uh, as we get the players back. And I've just seen Perch in the corridor as well, another huge influence that we're going to be missing. Uh, I know we wouldn't be in the position we're in uh, if those two had been on the pitch in the last six or seven games. You know, we had to move uh, Ollie Hawkins back there and uh, didn't want to do it again. Uh, but. He's our best centre-half at the moment back there. Uh, so it was needs must again tonight. And I honestly thought we would have enough uh, to create chances with Barry, with uh, Oates and with Lapsley tonight and, and DJ on the bench. I thought they had a rough time, uh, the two strikers at Northampton. They didn't get any service and they worked hard. Uh, so just to sort of put a fresh couple of, couple of lads up there. Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. You can watch that interview in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow, where you'll see uh, more post-match reaction uh, from Reese Oates uh, as well. So lots of stuff to get your teeth into there. Let's turn our attentions, gentlemen, um, to Exeter on Saturday. It's a long way uh, to travel, Nath. Me and Clive are going to be making the long journey. Are you? Uh, no, my dad is uh, is working, so uh, I, I won't be there. But I'll be, I'll certainly be uh, following. I follow anyway. So yeah, I, I can't decide if I'm uh, relieved about that or not. It's one of those where it's, it's a great place to go to, isn't it? And uh, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's not when you lose. <laughs> not yeah, so it's much done. it's not. And to be fair, you have got a, a young child who is what? Is he what? Nearly six months now. Yeah, five, five and a half months, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm sure he'd, he'd have I a mean, word about it as well. I have a question. Um, in fact, I have all the questions um, on uh, on young Oliver, Stephen 
Edge. Um, <laughs> Stephen Quinn. And that is, and, and that is um, Stephen McLaughlin Quinn Edge. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, is, and that is, have you taken him to a Stags game yet? Because Cammy's already won up on you. I mean, I don't agree with, with it, but <laughs> Cam has already won up to you and got a selfie with Evelyn with uh, James Perch. So uh, when, when is Oliver going to be making a Stags appearance? Can we have a bell for every time Purchase names mentioned? It seems to be a lot, doesn't it? Even for a player that's uh, been out for a long time, uh, I'm, I'm ripped that comment now. It does get mentioned a lot, but um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm playing the long game. I'm being patient. It can, it can go when it's, when it, when he's ready. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's supported from afar. Supporting from afar, absolutely. Well, he's got a little stags kit and everything, so uh, so there you go. Uh, let's turn our attention, as I say, then to Exeter. Uh, it is a long way, Clive, um, for us, but we're going to be get we're going to be down there. We're going to be supporting the boys as always. But one thing Mansfield have got to do is they've got to put that effort and endeavour in to uh, to match that performance from Tuesday night because stags fans will expect. Yeah, we don't want yo-yo. You know, we've done it before. We've had one good game and it gets everybody's juices flowing and then we get dispirited the following game. Um, yes, nothing less than the same work rate is is obviously called for. Uh, I'm, in, I'm enthused at the prospect of uh, Maris coming back in, hopefully. Uh, I'm enthused that the team seems to have gathered some confidence, and they should do, from Tuesday night's performance. And I think uh, Exeter is a, a place that... Um, they can play football and, and, you know, it's a football inside and we are, but we should be able to enjoy that. Um, so I think I'm looking forward to, to going for several reasons. One, because I think it's be a decent game of football. And secondly, I've never been to St James's Park before, so it's the first time for me. And three, because on the bus, on the way down on the SSA bus, there's going to be some top class entertainment. Yeah, your bingo. Yes. It's a, even even because of that, I'm still going to enjoy it. <laughs> Can't wait. It's going, be, it's going to be a class. And guess what? Guess what one of the prizes will be? A night out with you. No. No Second one wants that. Two nights out with even, you. even the missus doesn't want that. One of these. It's a Mansfield Matters mug. <laughs> More on that later. Uh, let's go on. Nick, you're going to say. I say, are you really going to do that to everyone on that bus? <laughs> yeah. Of course, I that's, that's the SSA's phone phone ringing right now. Everyone's cancelling. <laughs> maybe maybe that's like reverse psychology because that means there's more room for me to spread out on the journey. But there you go. Um, by the way, uh, travel inquiries usual number. Make sure you check out the SSA's uh, um, Facebook page for details on that. Um, let's go back to a more serious talk. We mentioned George Maris a little bit with the potential for him to come back in. Um, one question I've got for you, Nate, is if he were to come back in. Would you take Ollie Clark out? Yep. Oh, sorry. I, sh- I should have given a bit more of a pause there, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, I mean, sorry. That's a really good, you know, While he's thinking there. about it, can I say yes? <laughs> I'm going to make just jump to it. Sorry, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's still, I mean, we said about it a few weeks ago, we? the whole captaincy thing as well. It, should he be captain? Do you think making somebody else captain might also improve his, impro- his performances? Because. Yeah, it hasn't been the best. And is that because he's also trying to carry that responsibility on his shoulders of, of being captain? So for me, I, I don't see him as a as a leader. I think he can have a, he has got ability there, but we only see it well, I used to say one in every five games, it's now become sort of one in every ten games. It, it, do we need to try something a little bit different to try and get more out of him? 
I mean, your natural choice is obviously Mr. Quinn um, to, to take the armband uh, from him or, or Hawkins. But uh, I think for me, uh, captaincy issues aside, because I think we've we've dwelled on that quite often um, in, in recent weeks, I think it's just looking at the way we, we set up. We set up really well on, on Tuesday night. I want to see us match that again. And the only person, if George Marish was available to come back in, where who I could you know feasibly argue to take out in a similar position would be that of Ollie Clark Clive and I think you know Maris will give us a lot lot more on the ball in that position than what Ollie Clark does I think with the way we play actually Clark's game I think that's probably a big reason why Clark isn't you know performing as, as well as he could do yeah I mean to be fair to Clark he didn't have a bad game Tuesday but mm. uh, if you got to if you've got to um, pick four out of five players, he's going to be the one I would take away. Uh, I think he's on on form. He's the he's the weakest of them. Um, but uh, we all know it will be Charlesley, won't we? That goes out. Well, yes. that's what worries me slightly. I think it, you know it's the 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 mind ruts that uh, Mister Clough seems to navigate along. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, surely he and his uh, deputy must see the same game as the fans do uh, and, uh, and they must recognise the amount of real graft that Charlesley put in on Tuesday night. It was well worth his shirt. Yeah, I think you know, because he you know can offer us a bit more out wide, I think that's probably why I, I, I'd, I'd want to keep him in because we've got no Kel Gordon. Hopefully he's you know, only going to be a couple of um, you know, weeks or so away now from coming back in. Hewitt is clearly not an, an attacking right back. Every time he, he got the ball, yes, he drags a defender out and gets into a good position and he's got a little bit of pace, but he can't cross to save his life. Um, and he's, he's just not a natural right back. I thought we played a lot more expansive when James Clark came off the bench and people might start to say you know that James Clark's obviously might be a favourite of mine because I mentioned how well he is does every week but for me he just offers that a little bit more going forward and when Kel Gordon's back in there's no doubt at all that he'll be there which is a shame in some respects for Clark but also for the team you know it, it balances itself out but the point I'm trying to make is without Charlesley there we do lack width. And one thing our game is strong at is having a little bit of width and dragging players and people out of their position and creating these pockets of space because that's where the likes of Ollie Clark, George Maris, George Lapsley can get on the ball, give it to Stephen Quinn and McLaughlin out wide and create chances. We saw it time after time after time on Tuesday, Nace. Yeah, that's it. It's... Um... <laughs> It's looking at how you can get those most influential players on the ball in, in the right areas. So, mm. uh, like I say, we started we started doing it a little bit more on Saturday. Sorry, on Tuesday night. Um, we we need to not really get back into the old habit though of only going all, all down the left like we did for the start of the season. It was very very predictable, wasn't it? And yeah. we don't like someone said in the comment we don't want to become a one man team of of uh, you know relying on Quinn because we've got to also remember his age. You know, he's, he's just had six games missing and that was nothing to do with his age that, or his in, any injuries. That was just due to being the, the mad Irishman. But he, he may pick up injuries. Again, so we need the to words be... of Nathan Edge and not Craig Briggs. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going by what, what Clive said. That was, that was, yeah, so, um, but, you know, Roger suggests more... we call him the fiery Irishman. Yeah, let's go with that. But yeah, 
Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go now Harris, whatever they call it these days as well. Um, yeah, fire, ginger. Yeah. Right, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I can kick you off this podcast, you know. I can take you more, more privileges back. I don't think so. Still got Come on, here. get on with it. Um, I've got. Yeah. So, I'd, so yeah, you basically need, we need to make sure we, you know, we don't be predictable. But I think having the likes of Cal Gordon come back eventually and Harry Charlesley on the right does offer us a little bit more threat either side, which is what we need to, we need to be not become predictable. Yeah, that was the point I was trying to make as well a little bit because we've got that balance then. Whereas if you take him out, uh, Charles, that is, you know we're going to end up playing one way and that is every time we get the ball, we'll be looking to get it to the left. Uh, Richard says, I thought Ollie Clark played well on Tuesday, but he's no captain. Hawkins to be captain if he's playing centre-back. Uh, Jono says, much better performance Tuesday night. Deserved a win 100%. That intensity every game and we'll be nowhere near the bottom come May. Uh, and Roger says, Gordon can't cross to save his life. He might get a, a, a good one in every now and again. Well, uh, speaking of um, getting... Uh, getting things right um it's time to turn our attentions to the podcast prediction game obviously throughout this month um we are giving the opportunity to one of you guys at home to win one of these fabulous mansfield matters uh, mugs all you've got to do is be the best podcast predictor throughout the month of october so far we're giving two mugs away because we've got a tie between roger and mark and has uh, the league table has changed as well in terms of the Mansfield Matters podcaster in the entire season. Hence Clive's name of Clive Prediction Leader Parkin, um, who correctly guessed that it'd be a one-all draw uh, on Tuesday and George Lapsley was going to score. So, Mystic Meg or Mystic Clive, can you give me your prediction for Saturday where Exeter, please? A 2-0 win. Lapsley and Oates. Okay. Uh, Are you going to be sticking uh, along the same lines, Nath? What are you going to go with? Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 defeat um, away from home. It's going to be tough going down there. Although we do tend to do well, but I'm going to go 2-1 to them with a goal from uh, Reese Oates. Okay, everybody back in Reese Oates to score. I feel like I should. Um, <laughs> I am going to um, go for Nathan can guess because I, do, uh, I had a reputation for this last series. And the season, the series before. What do I always go with? Is it, are you going to go for the one-one draw again? Or no, I'm going, for, going for the positive result, mate. Always a positive okay. result. Um, long, tri- long trip down to Exeter. I am going to go for a sneaky one-nil. I think we. It will be I'll a tense, tense game, that. Uh, all that way for a one-nil. And I think the man who's going to get the goal, I think we're going to score from a free kick from. Uh, from a Mr. Stephen McLaughlin. So there you go. I'm going left, completely left field with with my prediction. Um, if you guys want to get involved, we'll post the link on our social media page tomorrow. Very easy to fill out. You put your name, uh, your score prediction, and then you're adding goal scorers for a bonus point. I'm going to reiterate two things. Number one, you can only put the amount of goal scorers that you've gone for a scoreline. So like Clive, you go if he's gone two 0 win, you can only put a maximum of two goal scorers. Um, and I went for a 1-0 win, so I could only go for one. I couldn't say 1-0 and then name what I think the starting eleven would be. Second rule is, and I've had to make this clear over the last uh, week or so, because it's creeping a lot more now, away goal score, opposition goal scorers do not count um, because the opposition doesn't matter. What ma- what matters, Nathan Edge? Mansfield. 
Correct. So only it's a Mansfield based thing. So you can you can put opposition more goal math for Craig, So that's that's the real reason. That's it. You can put your opposition goal scorers, um, but if they score, it won't get you a point. So don't bother. Um, you just want Stag's goal scorers, please. It is Mansfield Town heavy. So make sure uh, you get involved with that. Uh, final couple of minutes, then, Nath. What are you uh, looking for from Mansfield on uh, Saturday? It's a long, long journey, but actually. On the uh, on the back of um, Tuesday night, with the dressing room reinvigorated a little bit on a little bit of a high, actually it could prove in our favour because everybody will be together. A long journey; it'll be an overnight stop. Get the songs, the initiation songs going, all of that jazz. Good time for team bonding. Good time to come away with uh, three points. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I think it's quite an easy answer. I think all we need. All the fans want to see is is for the same uh, same effort and um, you know effort putting that was that we got on Tuesday night. I think if we don't come away with a result, you know, they, again it's, we're going up against the side in the top seven, so it's going to be a tough game. We're not expected necessarily to go there and get all three points, but as long as we put in the effort and do our best and leave everything on the pitch, then I think the fans will appreciate it. And the best thing for me about Tuesday night was is is the fact that we did give the players appreciation at the end of the game, or even though we still, it's another game about a win because it could have, it could have easily, you know, it could have been a bit of a dull atmosphere, but it wasn't. We gave them the appreciation, and like Clough said in his interview, that's been passed on to the players. The players know that if they go out there and put give hundred percent, then they will be appreciated, and that's that's the most important thing. So uh, yeah, repeat of that will be good. Long journey, Clive. Uh, alarm clock is ready. What are you hoping that Mansfield do out on the pitch? And what are you looking to see from the Stags? Stay strong at the back and exercise a bit of good luck at the front. Simple as that. My thanks, as always, uh, to Clive and to Nathan. We will catch up with them again, hopefully on Sunday and then maybe next week uh, as well. Uh, last little bit from me. Of course, you will make sure uh, you get involved with our podcast prediction game to win yourself a Mansfield Matters mug. If you want to support the podcast too, you can buy one at mtfcmatters.co.uk. Make sure you put your details in there on our homepage as well. We're trying to put together a bit of a mailing list at the minute so we can let you know about upcoming events, including a quiz night in uh, in uh, in uh, the next uh, few weeks or so. Might do a little bit of a virtual one just to get things going. So make sure uh, you get involved with that. Thanks, as always, for all your comments tonight. That, that though is all we've got time for this evening on the show for the fans by the fans put three points on the board as they head for Exeter City on this Saturday afternoon can they get the long overdue win and climb the table a little bit more it's been coming and it nearly came on Tuesday night 21st is where the Stags are at the moment on 11 points Exeter in 7th it's a tight table. Let's go there. Let's put in the miles and let's come home with three big points. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because win, lose or draw, no matter how we play, Mansfield will always matter. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.
Hey, are you starting to get a little bit cold in the morning before you go out to work in, in the car? Do you need something to warm you through? What you need is a cup of tea. And what you need is a good mug to put that cup of tea, coffee, hot chocolate, whatever that hot beverage is, in. Get yourself a Mansfield Matters mug and support the podcast now at mtfcmatters.co.uk. Mugs. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.